Welcome to another episode of Views from the Box. Should I even ask how you're doing? I'm pissed off, bro. I'm <laughs> very angry, fam. Fuming. Absolutely fuming. That's the worst most performance I've seen here since at home. this final year. At, at home specifically, because at home, you're normally very good in the North London Derby, regardless yeah. of the season. Yeah, 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 especially at home, yeah. Because even our worst North London Derby away um, in recent history yeah, was, I'd say, Wenger's final season, 17-18, when we lost one no. Yeah, you could say that, or when you lost 3-0 to Conte or 2-1 when Jose was there. But again, those losses were away from home. This was a very poor home performance from Arsenal. And I feel like let's just start with this game because the biggest game of the yeah. of the weekend. And I for me, it's the best derby in the Premier League. What went wrong today for Arsenal? Because first 35 minutes, I thought you were the better team, clearly. But after that, what happened? It's the same thing I've been saying for the past six months, Sam. These men are immature idiots. Like, I don't get why these men don't like killing off teams, bruv. You're one or up. Spurs are shaky. They're scared. They're shook. They don't let Spurs men lie to you. They were bricking in the first 35 minutes. Then Jesus, yeah, nicks off at Madison, blazes over the bar, and then from there, yeah, we start playing like idiots. Instead I feel just, like that was the turning point. because like, Instead of just getting the ball back and just reset, it's not deep. And these man here decide to go walkies for the rest of the game, bro. I'm, I'm so annoyed. Like, Saliba, defensively was okay, but on the ball, some of the passes he was making here were very poor. And after I've noticed here, when Saliba is indecisive in, in on the ball, I know it's going to be a long day for him because now he just permits right the whole team. But the amount of times you were overheating passes, underhitting it, dilly dallying. Delaying, yeah. It's just so annoying. Like, you know, like Spurs were playing this amazing deep block for him. There were gaps to be to be to be exploited but yet we're, we're, we're moving the ball like we're playing like fools absolute fools and I know I'm still saying this year second season where we, we're trying to become good good again bro like I'm tired of talking about the same mistakes here that these men were making the running and still talking about it now fam at what, at what point these men just wake up here and realise yeah, you have to be men you have to be killers because the way it's going yeah that city game is a must win now if you don't win that game how is done but these men, you aren't going to win 10 plus games in a row. No way. They don't have to show nothing like that. Quick question before we get on to the City game and the title race as a whole. With this game individually, with what you said, could you blame some of that on injuries? Because you're missing Martinelli, you're missing Trossard, you're missing Thomas Partey. The injuries is fine, but I wasn't happy with the mentality of the team. That's the main, main worry. Injuries, yeah, they can come back here, we can beat up most of the league. But mentality... Mentality is this team's biggest issue right now. People can talk about, I don't like Havertz playing midfield. I don't like Enketia starting up top. I don't like this, I don't like that about the, the selection. But what's the common denominator here? Immaturity and lack of top-level mentality. These men still, still have the mentality of top four contenders, son. Whereby it's okay or we have a bad game, we'll, we'll bounce back. That's, that's some top four shit. When C have set the standards that they have here, you have to match them. Otherwise, you'll be nowhere near them. And as you know, even when you're at C, as we've seen, it's not even a guarantee they win the title from. Let alone, yeah, acting like absolute idiots. Acting like top four drosser. That's what we're doing right now. I'm sorry. Bear in mind, yeah, if you win the title, yeah, you need to win at least 15 to 18 home games. Right now, the maximum home games to win it is 17. And we've still got Liverpool and City to play at home. So, so if you lose that, you can still win 15, but you're giving yourself a hard task. And that, you don't you don't want that in the title race with City. It's what a... Maximum amount of home games going right now is 17. And I, I went through the numbers. Since Conte came to the league, 
the title winners have won at least 15 to 18 home games. Which is an incredible amount of home games to win. Also, the, the, the also of City, when they've won less than 16 home games and they won 15, they've won at least 14 away games to supplement. Well, the caveat I'll put to that is at least your away form is very good. So I would trust Arsenal to win those 14 away games. Yeah, but when... Different but the way thing is to have great home form and the bonus is the away form because you're not always going to be amazed away from home. Some teams are not going to allow you to come here and treat their, their, their gun like, like you're the home team, bro. That's a poor way to look at things. So I'm like, unless we have amazed the home form like we did back in 0102, where everybody won like something crazy, like what we won like 14 games away from home. But that's our record. That's the highest amount of away games we've won. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, like, fam, why, why, why make shit, shit hard for yourself in the tight race? That's already hard when you got Man City. Why? That, that, that's what he's about. No, making shit harder for themselves when they shouldn't, fam. This team here should be easily clearing 90 points, fam, with how crap my table is, fam. Even if we limp to 90 points. It's a disgrace. Look at the quality of the teams below top half. Fam. It's abysmal. Absolutely abysmal. And if this team cannot deliver 90 points in the trophy, it's failure, in my honest opinion. Even 80 plus points in the trophy are still looking at them sideways. Fam. The aim, aim of the game is progress. Yeah, and how many points did you get last season? 84. And that's yeah. because, yeah, we accumulated 34 points in the second half of the season, which wasn't even top four form, bro. That was top six form. No, you need to look at themselves in the mirror, fam. I'm tired of saying the same things. Grow the fuck up. Grow the fuck up. Your men now. People say, oh, it's a young team, but they've got a lot of games under their belt. I don't think age There's matters. No age doesn't matter nowadays because younger players are playing earlier and playing more games. This was what Saka's 86 game in a row. Back in the day, you'd all, you players would be getting to 23, 24 before they play 86 games in a row. And playing 86 games in a row, hardly anyone does that. But my assessment of the game, like I said, first 35 minutes, you guys were good. And I want to link back to what you said about mentality. When I watched City going for the title, when Liverpool were going for the title, the United teams back in the day, the Chelsea teams back in the day, when they were on top and they went 1-0 one, one up and they had a chance to make it 2-0, more often than not, they'll kill the game. And yeah, if they, also, I didn't that, yeah, even the Chelsea side on the arena, yeah, they didn't blow away teams like that, but they'll score two goals and lock it down. They'll score two goals, or if they'll miss one chance, that you know the next chance was coming. After Jesus missed that chance, you had no chance until the second half. Spurs had a warning shot with um, with Brennan Johnson's scuff shot, and then Son equalised. And I feel like you guys don't have that killer mentality to go for the jugular, and you need that when you're playing against City, especially in this big in these big games. Yes, I give Spurs all the credit for coming back. I give Spurs all the credit for sticking to their principles. But I feel like if you make it 2-0, and I agree with what Gary Neville said in commentary, that would have been a completely different game. Because, because Spurs were creaking at that moment. Spurs were creaking. Were scared. 2-0, playing under pressure, they're scared. And with 10 minutes to go to halftime, that could have become 3-0 before halftime, or Spurs would have just been reading going into halftime, and you could have come out in the second half, made it 3-0 early. But... You didn't. And I feel like you guys need to change this. The, I don't know what needs to change. Um, I don't know who to lay the blame at. There's some people that we can lay the blame at. I feel like, yes, he's done an incredible job for getting Arsenal to where they are at the minute. But Mikel Arteta, when it goes right, we praise him and we need to praise him. But when it goes wrong, we also need to question some of the things that he's done. For example, I feel like when your substitutions came on in the second half, 
in terms of playing through Arsenal, you became a lot easier to play through. In the first half, every time Spurs created a chance, it was quite hard for Spurs to create that chance. Basuma, Saar and Madison weren't getting any joy in the middle. Yes, they were getting the ball from the defence to the attack, but they had to do it through quality. I felt like in the second half, it was very easy for Spurs to right. The second half, easy explanation. Rice came with a back injury, plays with Junior. And when he plays with Junior, don't dare make the game a basketball game, otherwise you're finished. But that's why, but that's but that's why I mean. That's why yeah. I'm laying the blame for the second half, especially at Arteta. And don't get, I'm not saying that Spurs don't deserve credit. Spurs deserve a lot yeah, of credit. credit yeah. But I feel like because if Spurs fans are going home happy, meanwhile I'm, I'm pissed off. Yeah. But I feel like Arteta didn't make things easy for Arsenal. Yes, you said don't make it a basketball game, don't make it an end-to-end game. But if you look at the setup and the structure of your team in terms of your compactness, the spaces in between players. It was always going to become a basketball game, especially when you have an immobile defensive midfielder like Jorginho. I feel like the tactical setup could have been could have been tweaked. The two two inverted could have become three inverted, so that Jorginho has more bodies around yeah. it. So so it's harder. Just for example, I'm not a coach, but I'm just giving examples. I feel like there's some things that Arteta needs to learn. I need to learn quick because he's not competing against Sir Alex Ferguson back in the day where United started slow. He's competing against. Man City, who have already won six games in a row. He's already six points behind. And if he loses the game at home in, in the Emirates to Man City, that's nine points behind. If I'm even a draw is is, is, is over, G, because have, have, have Arsenal players are showing you that they can win 10 plus games in a row and recover a gap like Liverpool did in 21 22? We, we, I've never seen this team become chasers. So I can't make a comment on something I haven't seen. I know, but even when we were, we were on top, assessment, the most wins we had in a row was seven, bro. And, and that's what Wenger's top four teams were doing comfortably at the end of the season, bruv. That's, that's elementary, fam. The, the levels that contest began in 2016 and Pep has just taken to another level. 10-plus games you have to win, especially if, you, if you're a chaser, fam. <laughs> and, and these guys have not shown that they're killers to even do that. And that's my worry, fam. Tactically, personnel-wise, all that can be easily fixed. But mentality, that's the hardest thing to fi- make fixed and is our biggest problem right now. In terms of mentality, I want, I want to mention, like, I want to name names. Which players, because you, you're saying that you've been saying the same thing for six months, but which players specifically today disappointed you in terms of the performance and mentality? Because for me, the player that I've been impressed with Arsenal, that I've always called Arsenal's best player, Martin Odegaard, I was so disappointed. Oh, I was very disappointed. Today. As, yeah. Especially yeah, after this signing... Is, this is the first time he's had a bad game, as in him himself, not like as a team collectively, but he has stunk it out personally. I can't remember the last time he stunk out that, that badly from whereby Anfield he wasn't great. Anfield he wasn't great. Etihad he wasn't great. I'm not I'm not just saying that because of big the big games, but those are the last games that stick in my head that he was good. Uh, basically with those you can say that the whole team was diabolical, but he today he just stood out from those games you can pick other players that are also bad that were as bad as him. But today yeah, he stood out as in the stench from because you are a main ball handler from He's your main creative get, player. Yeah. You're meant to get the board down, make shit happen, fam. He, he completed 18 passes in 90 minutes. That's disgusting, fam. That's disgusting. Oh, oh I lie a minute because he has a, a, a he has a credit in the bank, but I can't be seeing this shit again, bruv. Especially at home to Spurs. Christ. In the North London, you want, you want your big players to step up and he didn't step up. He allowed Basuma to swallow him and Basuma swallowed him. If for yeah, being yeah. he really did. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. Try to do that. But yeah, man, that, that was crazy. But this, this wasn't Messina's best performance of the season, bro. No, nah, it wasn't. He it played wasn't. better against United, fam. 
He played better against United. He, get, he played better against Brentford away. Yeah. But today he was still good. It was still it was a solid good. seven out of ten performance. It's just that Arsenal decided to that if Arsenal just turn up, this is a professional two three to win. But as as we say, like playing about food. Once we play about food, we don't end it there. We now, we now start dashing across the table like fucking toddlers right now. Like I'm, I don't know how to take and fix the mentality problem because tactics and personnel is easily fixable. We'll get our injured players back. We have more tactical flexibility. We party back in the side. Fair enough, but these stuff even happening with when we have our full team. So when so like what's the biggest issue here? Mentality firm. So I just don't know how we can fix this because six games in two draws, four wins, bro. And today could have easily been an L firm. If Spurs were were a better side firm. I think if Spurs were a better side and if Madison didn't need to come off, if Son wasn't fatigued, I think if Madison and Son stayed on for the whole game, they could have they could have nicked the win. I'm not Bro. saying they could have, they really could have nicked if the win. If Kane was still about, this game ends 3 2 fam. No question. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie. If, if Kane was about, I think Spurs would have made it 3 2 a lot earlier because between. They made it 3 1. Fam, between when. Saka scored that penalty and when Son and Madison came off, it was all Spurs. It was literally all Spurs. Arsenal were playing on the counter-attack at home in a North London derby. It was all Spurs. So, now nah, I fully agree, but I can't like... I have to, moving quickly on to Spurs, I have to give them credit because I rate what Ange did and I saw it with Arteta. I've seen it with Klopp and I've seen it with Pep and I'm not saying that he's on the same trajectory. I'm just saying that in games where it's tight and it's difficult, these three managers with their teams always play the same way, always stuck to the principles, and those principles won out in the end. At the start, Spurs were playing out the back. You saw um, Udogia giving that stupid passing catcher. You saw Jesus dispossessing Madison, but they still stuck to it. They still trusted their players, and they gained control of the game. I can't remember the last time a Spurs team has actually controlled a game at the Emirates. Oh, even even when they won, them. even when they beat you 3-2, it's not as if they controlled that game. That was a very good counter-attacking I, performance. On the they, didn't do, uh, they, they didn't even do it on, on the Poch run. Poch run hasn't even won at the Emirates run, in, the, in the league run. <laughs> So, Didn't he draw once, which was his his last game? The two, oh no, he drew twice. Kane penalty. Uh, Kane when he scored. Potter has, drew, has drawn three games at the Emirates. Three. 17, 18, no, 16-17 and 15-16. He, he drew in his last season. 14-15 actually, he, he's drawn three, yeah. He's drawn four as well. He drew in his last season when he got sacked. Two, oh, yeah, two. yeah, I forgot about that, yeah. Four. Like, even, even, even those games, yeah, Spurs won't even close to winning, fam. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and has done his thing. Uh, Spurs should, should be aiming for top four because that one game a week but as with them it, their bench is gash fam so the challenge for them is to keep their players fit especially Madison uh, bro I'm happy that you spoke about Madison because I'm annoyed I, I thought today I was going to be speaking about the brilliance of Madison and the brilliance of Odegaard but like, I'll allow Odegaard in it because he hardly has games like this but James Madison he started this season on fire and today he was unbelievable the way he sent Saka for that goal brilliant and then his pass to Son, how many times have you seen those two-on-one opportunities where the player takes a crap shot or gives a crap pass? He played that pass at the right time for Son to finish that first time. People don't appreciate how incredible that is. I remember a couple of seasons ago when it was Sissoko and I think it was Son against Virgil van Dijk. You remember how he, he caught that up? Marcus Rashford, he's had a couple of two-on-ones this season or a couple of three-on-three-v-twos this season and he's cocked that up. James Madison has been showing his quality and for me, it's 
big up Spurs for signing him for 40 million. But for me, it's absolutely baffling that Spurs were allowed to get him unopposed because he is a supreme talent. I don't know how Newcastle went in for him. Okay, yes, Liverpool got Sobos like but could have been in for him as well. Manchester right. Newcastle have... refused to spend the 40 on Madison. They didn't budge from 30 more. Newcastle just refused to pay the 40 more. I don't I don't know how they didn't think he was worth 40 million because at Leicester he showed you the glimpses of his quality. He showed you that he can do everything on the ball and midfielder can do. Look at how often he was dropping deep for for Spurs. And then in the final third, he's a production machine. These are the type of players, offensive players that you want in your team. And I just hope he goes from strength to strength because he's an absolute baller and he's finally getting the credit that he deserves. Yeah. Uh, Marseille were in on PSG and Aubameyang yeah the, the tactics of that but yeah man what's the score in that game I'm not keeping tabs uh, on 1-0 no. someone scored a bang it was a free kick score to who and PSG scored a free kick like 10 minutes earlier but I, I don't know who scored it. I didn't catch the player's name but it was a great free kick though Nah, nah, big up PSG. L- loads of derbies this weekend. But now nah, with James Madison, what an incredible player. And he was right, rightfully man of the match. And I love the banter between him and Saka. I love seeing stuff like that more in football. And it's, it's nah, coming. Well, yeah, yeah. Each time Saka did that, yeah, Madison got going assist from. So, <laughs> fam, it's a second to stop that from. This ain't, this ain't, this ain't, this ain't Rashford from. Did you hear what Madison said? Nah, I, 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 didn't, I didn't watch it. He, Madison said that. Um, He's not sure if Saka was still doing that celebration when he sent him to the shops. <laughs> Bam. Oh, so Jorginho's mistake. Bam. No, he's finished the Arsenal. And he did it twice as well. No, Jorginho's finished the Arsenal, fam. He's finished. Again? Jorginho's finished the Arsenal. No, 100%. That, that mistake is unforgivable. Of that experience, you know that you're slow on the ball. He had all the time in the world to pick out a pass. Did he die and got dispossessed? And less than a minute after we got a cheap penalty to score, fam. Like, you know, no, no, I hate Romero, yeah, but yeah, that was a lucky fun. Like, he fell to the ground and the ball caught his hand. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't, don't get twisted. Like, when Gary Neville was saying what he was saying, I'm just like, I can't lie. Normally, Gary Neville is jarring, but he, he has a point right, there. Like, like, he was falling to the ground. Like, like, what did they expect from him? Like, he had a if, point they, if they chalked it off, I would have I would, I would understood. Like, what's, even, what's even worse is they didn't send him off. If you're going to book, you're going to get the pen there, clearly he's stopping the goal scoring chance. So therefore, if you send him off. But isn't that the whole double jeopardy thing? That's not for handballs though. It's for okay. um, it's for when you a uh, players in a goal and you just swipe them up. Okay, okay, no, 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 that's that's yeah, I, 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 that's what surprised me because you're gonna give you have to send them off because the goal was goal was goal bound. But anyway, I think, I think they were indecisive because look at how many times VAR looked at it. Look how many yeah. times the referee looked at it. They were so indecisive. But yeah. yeah, you're right. After getting a cheap goal to go two one in a game that you're not playing well, do not make a mistake, especially what twenty seconds after you score after. What, was it even thirty from? Was this straight off kickoff? Or was straight off kickoff? Like, that junior was done. No, no, it was even annoying here. We always get cluster injuries, sir. Out of all days, Rice pulls his back. Partey's injured. And we're down to our third choice DM firm. Fucking hell, mate. Like, and, what's this shit? And then you have your two starting left wingers out as well. So then you have to play your starting striker at left wing, which I don't think he had the greatest game. But to be fair, I feel like he's not ready to be playing 90 minutes in a game of this yeah, because, uh, that's why I don't ask the fans are, are, are very angry that Jesus had to come off he just come off from a serious knee injury film. yeah exactly so I think that uh, performance is explained but then Enketia's what up top yes he's had he's not been a single duel for him how, how you allow Romero and Van, Van der Ven to bully you for him Rome, Rome, the biggest Rome, guys 
Romero, I can see because he's a front foot defender. Van der Ven, I was a bit surprised that he allowed to bully him because from what I've seen, he's a bit lightweight. But fair enough. If if, if he can dominate uh, opposition strike in the North London derby, he'll take it. He'll definitely take it. So fucking mad, man. Unnecessary. We dropped two points, four points at home. Essentially, we have to be near perfect in our, in our home games if you really want to win this title. Because right now, it's looking like City are easily going to get 30 wins, bro. Look at the quality of mid-table, bro. Look at the quality of mid-table. How many teams in the league do you think can actually take points of City, fam? Apart from Liverpool and Man U, because of, of, of Manchester derby. Uh, and Spurs away. Spurs always win away. With how Spurs are playing now, City are going to cut them open, fam. I think City will definitely have more joy. It will definitely be a different game to what City experienced at White Hart Lane. But I feel like with the way Spurs are playing now, Spurs can also hurt City as well. Oh, they can hurt City, yeah, but... Spurs can hurt City a lot more Spurs than... Spurs might score two, but City can easily score five from. As we saw today, the Spurs can be got at. It's the Arsenal fools play with their food from. Fools and you had... Your quality wasn't up there today. That, like, that too. Now, compared to City, do you think City oh. allowed that shit happen today? The I think the I think the first goal can happen against City. I think Madison can turn a lot of people at City. The second goal is not happening, or I will be very surprised if a goal like that happened. Well, that, the game is done before Song gets his goal from. That's my point. The game is done before Song gets his goal from. Well, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I always outside Spurs, Liverpool, United, maybe Brighton. Brighton are fearless. I only see four teams you can take points of City fam. I'm not, I'm not gonna say Arsenal because you might forget how to play football when they come against City fam. Fucking idiots, bro. Immature cunts, bro. Tired of this lot and their mistakes, bro. I, I'm so annoyed. We also Liverpool chance for the league here. Yeah? No, it's not that. We also Liverpool chance for the league and up their game even further. And these men are still making elementary mistakes that you'd attribute to top four contenders. And they're still doing the same dumb shit. Like until they cut these mistakes or even BC, I'm not even thinking about the title fam. That's how pissed off I am. I don't think you should think about the title personally because this is the third time I'm seeing this occurrence happening. It happened when you're going for top four. It happened last season and it's happening now. The thing that's surprising me though is how early this is happening because yes, you can say you drew two games, but bro, the United game could have easily been a draw. That second half, you guys weren't good. Let's no. let let's be completely honest. That could have been easily been a United gassed up. United just gassed up. Literally, United gassed up. And United are not a great team this season, especially. So yeah, that could have been potentially three. That could have been potentially three draws. What's that? Four times you played at home and you've only played well once. That's concerning. And if you're going for a title, you can't be doing that, especially against Man City. You cannot be doing like, that. Your home form has to be bulletproof. Like every game has to be a definite W, unless you're coming up against a fellow big team, bro. Well, then truly, uh, outside of Liverpool City, every home game should be a guaranteed W. I'm not gonna lie, the quality of this league is not amazing right now, really not amazing right now. To, well, it's not amazing if you're going for the title and you want to be winning games at home. You should be winning most games at home. I completely agree with that. Most teams that went for a title or teams that finish above City, even Tottenham, when they finish above City in Pep's first season, they didn't lose any game at home. I think they won 18 out of 19 home games last season. 70 home games due to two draws. That's title winning for look at Conte as well. Liverpool when we won the league. Yeah, yeah, 18, 18 home wins. And even when we went even when we went for the league, even us last season, our league form was 
on par with you guys but that's besides the point you guys need to fix your home form you need to fix your mentality very quickly because you're making the same mistakes that you made in the running for the past two seasons i said that it was a concern but i thought this was going to be a concern later on in the season but i the reason why i asked the injury point because i wanted to see if you were going to use it or if people thought it was an excuse for me it's not an excuse, no excuse. We, had we had enough to kick us personally minus opinion we had enough you had, had enough. enough. I, I don't even think you had, like, I'm not even talking about killing Spurs because for me, yes, uh, results are important, but I feel like good performances always lead to good results over the long run. And for me, the performances that I've been seeing are concerning. And that's what for me is concerning. Yeah. Yes, yes, you drew 2-2 you drew, you drew today. That's, that's a bad, that's bad, especially against Spurs and in the manner that you did it. But the way that you performed for me is a big, big, Big concern, huge yeah. concern. Our best performances in the league so far have been away from home, bro. Yep, all of your all of your good performances have been away from home. I'm pretty sure all of your clean sheets have been away from home yeah. as well. You haven't kept a clean sheet at all at home, and you've played United Spurs. Okay, yes, you can concede goals against them, fair enough. But you conceded three goals in two games against them. Then you conceded three goals in two games against Fulham and Nottingham Forest. These are not stats that you associate with title contenders. Yeah, I have some clean sheets. Clean sheet. Like basically, you aim for ten clean sheets at home, and ten away from home. We've had a Premier League setup nowadays. Yeah, because you always like. Let's be honest, with the Premier League setup and the way football is nowadays, you're always going to concede chances. But nah, it's it's it's. I'm worried for Arsenal. I'll be completely honest. I'm yeah, I, 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 I'm I'm very worried because we could even be at a title race in two weeks' time, bro. If we don't win that City game, Sayonara, dudes. Out of the title race, and you get like you've you've allowed the other teams to close the gap on you, and that's for me that's always a concern. If if you're falling away from City, fair enough, that can happen. But when you've fallen so far that you seem like you're closer to the teams below you than the team above you, that's when you should be concerned. Because that's when we seem closer to the teams below us, we were crap, and mm. you don't want you don't want that, you right? Know? If this ever been, if we end up being being a top race for top three, like fuck these guys hundred percent, bro. Like I don't even give a fuck about next season, bro. You don't don't regress like that after going a top race. If these guys don't deliver that ninety points in the trophy, fuck them. They're not them to convince me again that that is serious, bro. I'm tired of this shit, bro. Always stop. I don't be talking about. I only talking about how we smacked up teams, how we dominate, how we're like cool. Even if don't win the title. We can push you all the way, and this better than us is what it is, fam. At it's least you, that way, you you will enjoy your season more. Because I'm yeah, telling we've you, exhausted. We've, we've 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 performed to our max levels, and these men are just better than us. You can't complain, fam. You just gotta move on and take what you can. But if it's a thing where we just allow them to just have now. a jolly up procession, fam, deep it. See, don't give a fuck about us. See, see how kid was talking about us in the, after community show, fam. Yeah, no, that was a bit peak. Can't lie, that was a bit about Arsenal. He he he, he little bro, you man. Bam, Walker, don't even acknowledge us, fam. And you got, you got this man acting like they one shit and they hear me be complacent, bro. Come off it, man. They need to fix up, man. I'm tired of this shit. They need to understand this. See, look, look at them like balls or something. Bro, I'll be honest. I'm not just saying this because I'm a Liverpool fan. I wouldn't be surprised if City, the managers and the players, fear Liverpool at this current point in time more than Arsenal. Fam, 100%. Fam. And, and we're still, we're still, we're like, we're now rebuild for it. Pep was scared of you guys here. Way before even your first title challenge, fam. He was scared of Anfield, fam. He was he knew you guys were scary with Salah, Firmino, and Mane up top. So from from that moment, yeah, they knew that these men are a problem. Fam, see, don't give a damn about us. They they, they think, like, yeah, little bro, sir. little bro, sir. Like, see, 
do not care about Arsenal right now. And that's worrying, fam. City do not fear us. They don't see us worthy, uh, worthy adversaries. Even look at the documentary when they when we conceded the league to Nottingham Forest. They were just dapping each other up, fam. They didn't even flinch when we were eight points clear, fam. And, we, and to make matters worse, we capitulated and handed them the, the towel on the platter. And now, it looks like we're going to hand them the towel here before we reach game week 10. Like, these players need to take a serious look at themselves. Wait, 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 wait. How did the City players react when, when you guys lost against Nottingham Forest? Because I haven't seen the documentary and I haven't even seen Bam! it. They were dapping like, themselves up like, yeah. They chilled one. Bam, they were chilled, fam. They were like, yeah, stand, standard. Even in the games leading up to the running, they were like, yeah, we want to tell tears in a row. They, they, they think that we don't want it anymore, but let's show them that we can do it again. They didn't blink. They didn't blink. They weren't worried for him, even when we were eight points clear. They were always confident, yeah, that we're going to come and usurp us. Son. That, that's people disrespect. Imagine it was people... Nah, you, your, your, your blood must have been boiling seeing that. Like, imagine, yeah. Mine would have been. I'll be real. <laughs> imagine people who were eight points clear at Christmas. Do you think they'll, they'll be chilled? Nah, they wouldn't be chilled, bro. There's they'll no be like, be fuck, we are pissed. We need to... Bro, um, all, all of the interviews, post-match interviews, would be professional interviews. All the games would be professional. Like, they will make sure that they go ham in every single game if Liverpool were eight points clear with that many games to go. Crazy, crazy. Like, so these Arsenal need to look at themselves in the mirror, fam. They're buying the hack of it too much. Leave the fans to be overconfident and hyped up because that's what fans do. But, so, wait, you think you think that happens might be getting to the player's head? 100%, bro. What the fuck am I seeing? You still making it every day, oh, we'll learn, oh, we'll come back better. You've been saying this for the past eight months, bruv. What was the improvement? Like, I'm not, I'm personally not seeing it. But I didn't think that the hype would be getting to their heads. But you you know your club. I, I'm mean. seeing it. I'm sorry, because we're not playing with the same enthusiasm as last season. But last season, cool, we were fast out the blocks, we gassed out. But we're not playing with the same enthusiasm, bruv. What I saw as progress was, we're going into games, professional, cold-blooded. We're here to do a job. Leave, you have noticed, in three points. Beat most of the teams in the league. Be ultra professional, be consistent, be clinical. I'm not seeing that right now. I'm just seeing guys here who are thinking, yeah, we came second last season, and they, and they feel like being a title, even being a title challenger, should be serving a platform for them. You have you, you have to earn the right to be a title challenger, and from there you up your levels to fight until the very end, fam. And now yeah, they're just playing like they're, they're already fam. As I said before, these guys have not even cracked the stops level of peak Liverpool fam. No, they're just a, a, they're just a slightly better version here of Liverpool 2017-18, bro. I hope they get that in their fucking heads, fam. They're nowhere near peak Liverpool, fam. Just a slightly better version of that Liverpool side that lost to Roman during the Champions League final. You, you even that, that Liverpool team were, were bigger killers than us, fam. You, you can't, fuck up that you can't play well for half a season and get that gas. Because if you look at how you guys have performed since you lost against Everton up until now, if you just look at that time frame, that is a concerning time frame. A very, I don't know what the stats are. Goals score goals conceded wins draws losses I don't know what it is you can rack up the numbers but I'm gonna be sure that it won't be title willing form and that is a long time that's over 19 games that's close to that's close to 25 the table going into this week here Man City had 62 points we had 54 were you second yeah but but you guys are close family by two two points oh no of course but that's because have you seen our form won 17 games unbeaten at the minute there you go. Like, you go. The, the the crazy thing is, like, for anyone who's been listening, when we talk about the title, 
I never include Liverpool. I'm not even going to include Liverpool now. We're two points behind City, but the way we're playing, I don't think we can compete with City because, like I said, performances over results, good performances lead to good results. Now, over the- see, right now, yeah, if I was a Liverpool fan, I'd be so annoyed that Klopp decided to botch the transfer middle again. Uh, no, don't, don't get it twisted. We'll, we'll get to that. But the way we're performing and the way we're winning games, I'll say we look a lot more likely to compete with City for the title. And that's concerning for as an Arsenal fan. Because you're going about your business calmly. Away form might be a problem. Away performances might be a problem, not in terms of results. But home, you know what to do. Kill teams off. Especially if it's the bottom half or teams lesser than you. You know that it's, it's going to be guaranteed W fam. And make the, sure to guarantee W. Even yeah. the game today, second half, there was only one winner. Literally only one winner. Against... Aston Villa, only one winner. Bournemouth, we went down to 10 men, only one winner. It didn't matter. And that's how you have to perform. You have to go into games where even if you go go down, even if you're drawing, you know you're going to win. And I have, I feel that with Liverpool. But back to what you said, now don't get it twisted. It, it is quite annoying that we are not, we don't, we're not well equipped to challenge City for a title. It's very annoying because I don't think we can win the title. I think the City team is phenomenal. The way they performed in the first half on Saturday without Kevin De Bruyne, without um, John Stones, the way Nunes and Foden, they just come in on that right-hand side and it looks like they've been playing together forever, Alvarez in the 10. But I would at least want our team to be better equipped to challenge City for the title. I know, yes, it's a two-point gap at the minute, but I know that two-point gap is going to increase eventually. Oh, yeah, because I said, I said all summer, you guys were a DM and two defensive reinforcements away from getting back to pre pre um last season level son. Yeah, no, I I fully agree because look at the levels that we're playing at, and that's just with what two main central midfield um, reinforcements, Endo and Gravenberch. Gravenberch, he's a youth, he's young, he might fulfill his potential. Endo, I'm not holding my breath on, and look at how like Endo is. He's, he's a backup DM firm. Like, that's what, that's, that's, what I'm, DM. that's what I'm not holding my breath on because I'm not going to have high expectations because I'll be silly, but I'm also not going to have low expectations. I'm just, I'm just there. Whatever happens, happens. But look at how we're performing at the moment. Five wins from six. Every home game we go into, I expect us to win. But it's the away games. It's those tricky away games. Can we go to the London Stadium? And I, got, I 100% think that we're going to win. Yes, we beat West Ham today, but at their stadium... It could be a different the stadium. Game. Last time we lost at the stadium here was that weird game in 2021, whereby you lost your only... That was season, whereby it was an off day for you guys. Otherwise, you guys always been at West Ham Stadium, regardless. When, when we lost 3-1, well, it wasn't the best. It was just because we played them today. But there's some away games where, with the way our team is, I'm not 100% confident that we can win the required games. So what do you but, say? Do you know our attack here, because you guys are, are clinical up top, you will always have a chance. That's the biggest difference this season. No, that's that's a huge difference. Our attacking players have stepped up. It was something that I was crying for last season. That yes, we have attacking reinforcement, but they need to step up. And in every single game, they've been stepping up. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm not not that I'm pretty sure. In every single game that we played this season, somebody from our front three has scored. First game, Diaz. When we beat Newcastle, Nunes. When we beat um Aston Villa, uh Salah scored. Um, um, what's his name? Soboslai scored. Who scored the third? It will come to me. Oh. When, when we beat Bournemouth, Jota scored, Salah scored. Today, Jota scored, Salah scored, Nunes scored. Uh, Gakpo scored against Wolves. 
our attacking players in every single game are showing up. And the reason why that's good is because you saw today now, Nunes, Diaz, Salah. I think that's our front three on form at the minute. But the start of the season, that wasn't our front three. Gakpo was starting number nine. He didn't play well. Nunes comes on. He's play, he plays well. He scores. Boom. Because every time these players come on, they need to play well so that they're in the squad. They can't have an off day. Back in the day, Mane could have an off day, but he knows Origi's not going to do much. Salah can mm. have an off day. He knows Shakiri's not going to do much. Same with Firmino. He has an off day. He knows Minamino's not going to do much. Nunes, he has an off day. He knows Gakpo is waiting there. He knows Jota is waiting there. Also, you know, your, your difference is Liverpool fans can go, back, go to bed knowing, yeah, the limiting factor is personnel. And you know that with you get the right personnel in, you're ready to go. There's no, none of this immaturity. You know, the mentality is there. It's just a lack yeah. of personality issue. Now, Compare that to your potential rivals, Arsenal, mentality is a big issue to solve. So Liverpool right now, they're in an easier position in order to get back to top levels. That's easier to rectify. And that's where Liverpool should really be looking. Can we stay in the hunt come by Christmas and go and go in Jan and just go on that run for all time's sake and just that's, push it to the end? That's, that's the aim. I feel like between now and Christmas, be as professional as possible, manage that gap, make sure it doesn't get bigger than five points. And when we get to January, don't dilly dally. Get your targeted now. Get yeah. that first choice DM. Get that centre back. Potentially get that left back as well. And let's go and attack City. That's yeah, what because, because you guys have to be the aim. You guys have, have the track record of winning 10 plus games in a row. So what do we new to you? You have the reference point. So if, if the personal is right, there's no reason why you can't run it back again second half of the season like you did. In 21-22, wherever he pushed it to a final day. So yeah, man. If I'm Liverpool fan, I'm scoping Arsenal fan. I'm looking like these men ain't serious. No, that, no, that's that's how I am at the minute. I'll be honest. That's how I am at the minute. At the minute, I'm looking at Arsenal. I'm thinking these these men ain't serious. These men don't want to challenge City. These men do not care about being second place or potentially first place. Let's replace them. That's 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 how I'm seeing it at the moment. If I'm totally being totally honest, let's replace them and let's be serious. We have to take it one game at a time, but so far, so good. But next next week, that's our biggest game of the season so far. It's gonna be a tough game. How do you see the Spurs? How do you how do you see that game? Because the way the way I see it is our attack is better than their attack, and our attack is gonna cause them problems, but their midfield is stronger, it's stronger. Legs and it can overrun us. Basuma and Saw can overrun our midfield, and then they have the added quality in James Madison. And I feel like that's we need to find a way to control that area of the game. Yes, we always say games are won and lost in midfield, but I think this is so true in that game next week. I think that game be pragmatic and just basically do them how you did Newcastle after the red card. Yeah, after the red card, because like I said, look, we won that game, but let's let's not. Ignore how we performed before that red card. <laughs> Let's not ignore yeah, that because we were diabolical. I yeah, don't want uh, I don't until want you get that ignored. that mobile DM. I think that's how you need to attack big away games. True, we we have to be pragmatic and we have to realize that yeah, we're not going to have most of the ball and play more on the counter. If we're being honest, and you got and you got, you got one of the most clinical forwards in history, Mo Salah, and we finally have creative players that can feed our attackers apart from Trent. Did you see the ball McAllister played today? I haven't seen a midfielder. I haven't player. seen that's how Also, Trent still out injured. Like. Still, out, still out injured, bro. It, it, it was a clip over the top from about 30 yards out, put Nunes one-on-one. We now have players like Kim and Sobos like that can do that. So we need to u- utilize yeah. that. And I think that Spurs game is going to be hard. Yeah, that's your game plan. Mid-block, keep it tight. 
no gaps for Madison and, and Busuma to run into and just win the ball up high and just kill them on the, on the transition because you, there will be gaps in between Spurs in the defensive line. So I think that's the game plan. That's how you should approach um, big away games when I want, even normal away games. Just a gift the home side of the ball and just kill them on the transition, honest opinion. It's either we do that or we just con- tr- try to control the game because we've shown in glimpses against Wolves in the second half that we can pin teams back, we can control the game. I think our biggest issue is we always want to go forward at every single opportunity. Yeah. And that's how games be- become a basketball game. Because if you're always looking for the risky pass, your team is out of position defensively. You play a super pass and the team, the other team can just get in behind you. So, look, let's, let's see what happens. I feel like we're in the early stages of our tactical... Uh, evolution, but we need to we need to get to the final stage ASAP because City don't give teams chances. Well, <laughs> they don't give teams chances. If Liverpool can end the first half of the season with fifteen wins and get to Jan and do what's required in the market, it'll be interesting. Back. It'll it be interesting. back for all time's sake. It can be interesting. But I'm sorry, between you and Arsenal, yeah, you're the only team you look serious on. So. And- and it's funny, the only reason I'll say we look more serious than you is flipping mentality, bro. Yeah. Literally, that's and that's it. the hardest thing to fix up. It's mentality. And that's why I'm worried. Bro, deep what you just... Deep what, not even today. It was a Newcastle game. You said on this podcast, when it got to the 70th minute, you thought Liverpool can get something out of this game. Bro, you, you're not looking at any other team going away to St. James's Park with 10 men with 20 minutes to go. You're not looking at them and saying they can get something out of this game. You only thought that because of the mentality and also because of the fact that we're able to hold out that long. And that was purely mentality. Also, also you're super clinical. Nunes got three chances that game and grabbed two. Like, yeah. I remember, I remember that game, we clearly, I said, if Liverpool can get one goal, they'll win this game. And we, we got that goal. And with 10 minutes to go, Newcastle still had time to win that game. But nah, it, it only looked like one win. It was crazy. It could have oh. even have been easily been 3-1 for one birth. Yeah, that, and that's with 10 men away from home. So I'm excited for what the season entails because I'm not expecting much. But the possibility of being, what, five points behind City at Christmas in, in January and again reinforcements, we have... That has to be the target. It's not a target that, as a Liverpool fan, we've been wanting, but beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. And once once it gets to January, we cannot dilly-dally. Within also, the first, within really the first 15 days... From getting six, six, 16 wins at a halfway point. Your home form is bulletproof. Teams aren't... The mid-table teams aren't that good. I'll show you back your team to get points at Emirates. Yeah. With the way you're playing now, yeah, back us. Yeah, 100%. I'm sure. And if I was looking for an ad back us to take points off anyone in the top six, apart from City, potentially, because City are just on the, on the level right now. So what's really stopping you guys here for having 16 wins come the halfway point? Look, let's see. We, we, we have to think big. I'm not going to lie. We have to think big. We have to aim big. Yes, we didn't make the Champions League last year, and that's diabolical. Like, watching us on... Well, I didn't watch us on Thursday because I was still at work. But that doesn't... <laughs> bro, I know. Dead them once. Bro, <laughs> Them ones, but we still need to think big. We've gotten ourselves into this position. Yes, it's six games in, but we have to make sure that we're there, thereabouts. But yeah, like, deeper. You have five wins out of six, right? Yeah, eleven more wins out of your next twelve, out of your next thirteen. Yeah, that, that is very doable. As I it said, is. quality of, of the league outside the top ten or even outside the top six is diabolical. But I think next week will 
show a lot about both Liverpool and Spurs. If you guys come out of that game, you're dominant. If I'm a Liverpool fan, I'll be back into finishing top two. Yeah. If if we come out of that game dominant, even if we draw like 1-1 and it's a case of the only reason we didn't win was because Salah missed chances, Nunes missed chances. Even though I'll be annoyed because we'll be further away from City, I'll be confident going into the rest of the season. So I'm excited for that Spurs game. I think that's going to be a crack of a game. And I'm not even going to underestimate Spurs because Spurs have been good. I think Spurs, Arsenal, Liverpool, Man City have been the four best teams in the Premier League and Brighton. They've been the best teams in the Premier League. So let's let's see how we do against them. But bro, you said City are on another level. <laughs> what about City so far this season? have made them go to another level because bro they went from winning the treble bro like how can you eclipse winning the treble and it, it looks like because, it looks like they might do it again it's a bit annoying because they're up their level sam they're not they're not complacent they've won shit and they're not even complacent bro they want more now kawaka said it. he sat them down and said yeah we're always chasing why not just run back the, like the old days and just win it in the first half of the season and that's what they're doing mentality uh, it was crazy. Yeah. Pep hasn't hasn't even had his mid season tactical change yet yeah, to, to, to 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 push them over the line, bro. This is this is pre mid season tactical change, friend. And they already look like the finished product, friend. They're looking imperious. I feel like another thing that has helped City is competition for places. So there was periods where Kyle Walker wasn't getting into the team and he wanted to leave City. There was periods where Bernardo Silva wasn't getting into the team and he wanted to leave City. And like I said with Liverpool, and I also said with Arsenal last week, if you have competition for places, it raises the player's game. Look at Julian Alvarez at the moment. He's getting his start and he's playing like the rent is due, bro. Look at look at Jeremy Doku. His first, first start against West Ham, brilliant. Even... The game on the weekend, brilliant. He doesn't want Jack Greedish to get take that. Yeah, remember, what I said, remember, this is what I'm going to talk about. Remember when I said, Yeah, as a player, when you enter Real Madrid, you know what was expected of you, you know what the levels are. I, I hate I hate to compare the two here, but Man City are, are, are now reaching that point whereby if you stand for Man City, you know what's required of you, you know what the level is, you go and perform. So even if you come in as a as a maverick, inconsistent, you have off date. That'll cut that'll cut the window ASAP. <laughs> You'll buckle down and grind. Like people may say, oh, they've got all the money, you've got the best coach in the world. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's the mentality that makes them win all the time. And it comes from the coach. They strive for perfection. Even if they won a the game, yeah, 3-1. They're not saying, oh, great game, we go again. They're thinking, why the fuck do you concede? Yeah, goal, yeah, exactly. Literally, that's what Pep will be thinking. Why do we concede that goal? Why did we allow that team to dominate us for 10 minutes? Next time, a team will, will max dominate us for two minutes. That's it. Two, two long ball counter-attacks and we win the ball back. I agree with you with that mentality and players coming in and they know Wagwan. Because I didn't even think about that until you said that. But, bro, I'm seeing Alvarez, who, young player, played in South America, now taking the game by the scuff of the neck. Like, what? Normally, with players, before players take games by the scuff of the neck, they have one, two seasons in the Premier League. They're better their way in. Alvarez is already taking it in the first quarter of his second season. And in his first season, wasn't really starting. Jeremy Doku, you saw what he did against West Ham. Even Mateusz Nunes, when he came on against West Ham and the first half against, um, why is it against uh, Nottingham Forest on the weekend? It's, it's, 
it's a bit annoying because it used to be the same with Manchester United where players would come into this club where I'm not going to say they're bad players, but they're not world beaters, but they turn into world beaters and it's flipping jarring, bro. Uh, also, you know, not, not people not clocking. Um, Pep has replaced KDB already, fam. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Nunes, because the main thing he wants from KDB is that, is that um, power, running power. And Nunes provides it. Especially down that right hand side, his literally his assist to Erling Haaland. If you if you just watched it and didn't look at the number at the back, you would have thought that was KDB. This is why they head from. They don't wait for KDB to finally be on his ass for them to replace him. They do it intuitively. Where's by you just wake up and you're like, oh shit, they replaced KDB. They've practically replaced Bernardo already. I was, I was about to say that because normally when KDB was out, Bernardo Silva would be the one from the right-hand side providing the creativity. But Bernardo Silva is not providing it anymore. They found the front four that can create chances and break teams down when KDB isn't there. Imagine having a plan B for when your best player isn't there and it's getting you six wins out of six. The <laughs> funny part is the team fans will be like, oh, City got two starting 11s. No, they do not. They have 16 to 18 first-team players here who stay fit, mentally locked in, and always perform. I'm, I'm happy you bust that myth because a lot of people, and to be honest, when uh, we were competing with City and I was a salty Liverpool fan, I used to say that as well. So I hold my hand up until somebody on Twitter actually posted City squad. City have less players than Liverpool. They have less squad. players than Arsenal. They have one of the smallest squads in the league. But the thing is, the squad is packed out with quality. It's all it's always quality over quantity, and they're always available. The the the, the, the players that they have here are always available. Apart from obviously KDB's oldest, I can't even call him injury prone. From he's thirty two, bro. So he's not going to play thirty game season anymore. Uh, the only injury player that injury prone player that they actually have is John Stones. Huh? Yeah, because Walker's thirty two as well, so he's not going to play thirty game season anymore. He's old. The only actual player that that they have that's in their prime. It's injury prone, it's John Stones, and he's been injury prone for a while now. So, and they've mitigated against that because they have Akanji, they have Diaz, they have um, Ake, they have Givardio. That's four good centre backs, bro. Stones, Stones hasn't played this season, and he was the best centre back last year in the world. And it's as if he the 18 outfield players here who stay fit and are always ready to, and whenever someone's injured, they're ready to come in and perform. But you go to you go to the challenges here, bare man unsure themselves. Like in, or or in or injury prone as well. Yeah, he, he got he got. This, this is why I want to take shot. Arsenal fans, every day we have to sign more players here to compensate for injury prone players. You get rid of them. The Premier League match day squad is twenty players. The registered squad is twenty five. Your your match day twenty should be your main guys, and any extras are either veterans or young players here who are knocking the door first in football. There should not be high wage able body players here as spares fans. That doesn't run. That's not real. It's not like Serie A and La Liga whereby you're allowed 10 plus subs. It doesn't work like that. Premier League, nine subs. So therefore, you need 20 man match this squad who are fucking reliable and stay fit when required for them. Which, which, the pass, which passages, I'm even thinking about it, which passages do City have? I'll say the biggest passenger at the moment is probably Calvin Phillips. And imagine your biggest passenger is Calvin Phillips, bro. 50 million pound player for him. Bro, <laughs> every other club in the top in the top six, including both of our clubs, would love for our biggest passenger to be Calvin Phillips. Literally, if you really dissect the squad, they don't have any passengers in the team. Yes, we can we can get onto Phil Foden, but 
but if we're calling a player like Phil Foden a passenger, then bro, then it's it's over for the it's over for the rest of the league, bro. <laughs> the, 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 the funniest part is yeah, the only advantage they have is that they can they have the money to buy quality and quality. But, but as we said before, there's quality out there in the market. In those price points, Nunes was going for forty more last summer, fam. So it can't be a thing of oh, they're buying these guys. They can afford to buy these guys when they blow, but it's up to our clubs to buy these type of guys here before they blow or even oh. before they enter the Premier League. And that's the mistake. I'm not even gonna lie. For me, the money excuse with Man City is played out. It's, it's played out. So played out. Like, let's like let's take our hating hats off. Look how much money. What was it? Ten Hag has spent four hundred million. Now, the funniest part is here. People are oh, they're buying Doki for sixty more. This guy was available for half the price two, two years ago if we took the risk when he was injured for. Exactly. And how how many other clubs are spending? That amount of money on attacking players who are nowhere near as good. Look at Anthony, 18 million. From that, look, oh, look at Mudrick. I thought I just spent 60 more on Havertz here for a guy you have to make special accommodations for. He's not being special for him. So, so for me, this whole money excuse with Man City is. There's it's, quality it's, in the market. The only ex- more risk. The only thing is that we have, we have to take more risk here than Man City. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah. They yeah, got the money here to wait and see. One. Yeah. If, but then again, that's bullshit because. Our teams here, we have, we've got two starting lineups here, whereby we, we can take that risk. You have your first 11 to 14 players who are quality, so you, you technically there's no excuse not, not to take that risk if the player has the attributes that you want to improve your squad. You just have to work smart in the market and you have to do everything. You have to do every single something. Wenger did it. Wenger did it in, in his peak and he managed to take three titles off Ferguson. So it can be done, bro. And the difference between Wenger and Jurgen Klopp, Jurgen Klopp was, or, and Liverpool, they were smart in the market for two windows and that sustained them for the challenges. Wenger was smart in the market from when he when he joined Arsenal to, to, to the season before the Invincible season. So what's that? Five seasons of always replenishing your squad. Even that year, it was still good. The time whereby Wenger couldn't do it no more was when the market inflation came in and he just refused to pay top dollar for certain talents. So that's when he's... Had idea went out of the drain, and he refused to budge from his price range, and that's and that's when the decline started. And that that's case in point. If you want to compete with a with a super team, I'm not talking about a super team in terms of the amount of money that they spend. I mean, in terms of the the success that they have on the pitch, like Manchester United back in the day, Wenger set the blueprint between '98 and 2004. Young club did well to compete, but you saw Liverpool falling away and again back to it. Arsenal did well to compete for about 20, 25 games, and it doesn't look like they're going to compete again. This City team, like you said, 16 to 18 quality players, no draws. It has to be the no, same because we have they know what needs to be done. They know what needs to be done. It's better to have 16 to 18 players. You know that they are gonna, they are not gonna make dumb mistakes. You know that there's a certain level of quality that you can expect from them, which they'll never fall below. And if they do yet, it's for one game. You won't see that again for 20, 30 games, bro. Yeah, you're never gonna see it for two games in a row. They're locking. Even, even last season when we we're getting on to City, City will never crap for two games in a row. Never <laughs> that yet. They weren't even playing badly. It was just that like they'll still find a way to get used to Harlem from. That was yeah. it. True. Other than that, they were still popping teams, fam. They were still winning games. They were still in and around Arsenal, and Arsenal were playing very well last season. So, All right. yeah. there's no excuse here to not win the title eight point eight points clear from like C. What we can't didn't give a fuck about eight points clear, and that and that's yeah. the indictment on on how they see Arsenal fam. But yeah, man, sixteen to eight for all all fans listening. Yeah, it's not about having twenty bare man on your bench and reserves. Sixteen to eighteen quality outfielders who stay fit 
and our quality. And Pep is doing it and maximizing 100% plus 10% more from. And that's what I'm up against them. And the mentality is crazy. A player, look at Matt Nunes from. You know, just a city player from, he's not even been a month. Do you know how scary that is? <laughs> it all, has all, all, all starts with mentality from because we all know what city were before Pep. They had money, they signed good players here, but they were prima donnas. They, they, as company said, pre Pep when they won the league, the following season, they'll be that. They wouldn't try as hard. He never retained the league title before Pep. Because Compton said it. He said it. But every time he won the league, would come into preseason year, chilled. There was no motivation to go again and be legends or dominate. But when Pep came, after one the first one, he was like, you ain't done shit. Let's go again. And that's why Man City are doing what they are. And that's why Pep's the best ever. He may be the best ever, but teams sometimes make it so easy for him. For him. Like what else was doing this season? It's, look... If you look at all the girls, Pep, even Sir Alex Ferguson, there was a story, I forgot when it was. I think they won the treble or the double and somebody got hats, either saying treble or double. He was giving it out to the players first day of preseason, being like, yeah, this is like a celebratory hat. Do you know what Fergie did? That's took, all, took all those hats, threw in the bin, said that's last season. And it was crazy. That's for last Wenger, season. For Wenger to even collect two out of his three titles, because um, Wenger's first title is man, man, man you capitulated and, and, and lost a 12-point lead. Yeah. But his final two titles that, that he won there, he had to get Ballon d'Or level talent. Thierry Henry from Perez, world class. The, the more world class players also had to stack up to even collect two titles of of Pete Fergie from. But it's not even Ballon. Well, you had to have Ballon d'Or talent, and you also had to perform at a supreme level. One of them you went the whole season unbeaten. The other one you went the whole season unbeaten away from home. You had to do abnormal things, and th- this will go to make teams. And look do. what Mourinho had to do to get a title of Pep, hundred points. Yeah. Look at what Conte had to do in uh, Pep's first season. Bro, GOAT managers, Pep and Sir Alex Ferguson, made the competitors do abnormal. They have to do extreme. Like, and how bad the, the, the league is outside the top 10 year, 95 points, man, man, they can't get the from. Bro, it's it's crazy. So, like, so, so why don't you stop crying, fam? Look at, look at your teams, fam. The blueprint has been set long before, even pre-Pep. When you have a financial dragon note that has a GOAT coach, you know what needs to be done, bro. And people just... To start to ignore it or oversight it, fam. Blueprint is there, fam. Mentality first has to be A1. Quite, if your mentality is not good, yeah. If, if your mentality is not good, no matter who you sign, you're going to fall away from. As soon as Arsenal, fam, we spawned in five million that can rise. We got Timbo, unfortunately, got injured. He was a level raiser. But the mentality of the team is still not right, fam. So those signs count for nothing, bro. Nah. I, I remember, think... remember I said, yeah, Rice think... just con- consolidates our position. What will make us champions is the players that are there, you're up the levels. And right now, they're not doing it. They're not. I don't think any player this season is up the level. But, bro, before we we round up, I want to talk about a slightly different topic. You've kind of alluded to it throughout the podcast and throughout the season. You said the level outside the top 10 is diabolical. But I want to focus on three specific teams. The three teams that have come up because... I don't think I've seen a worse set of three teams that have come up. I wasn't. I didn't watch the Newcastle game. I was studying. I turn on my phone. Eight zero. Luton. Every game or every glimpse of a game that I've watched, they're the worst team that I've seen since Derby County. And so Sheffield United eight nil. Luton worst team since Derby County. And Burnley, who gas everyone last season, me included and company. Have not been able to translate that into the Premier League, even though they should have won I'm like, United. With, with company, yeah, he's just been a bozo for him. I, I beg your team. Yeah, he will the defense, yeah, four five one by Bruno Cantor, Joe. Stupid guy. 
But, but, bro, like, but, 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 but what's happened? Wait, what was happened? Because last season was the first time for a while that three teams that came up stayed up. But I think these three teams are going to go down. What has happened with these three teams? Or do you think it's just an anomaly that we just got three crap teams in the Premier League? Nottingham Forest, yeah, sure as what was required to stay up. He has to spend 100 million now just to even stay up, bro. Look how much Nottingham Forest spent last season and they, and they just survived by scoring with their teeth. They stacked that team with experienced Premier League bowlers and experienced mid-table bowlers from other leagues. Fam. That's how you stay up. Burnley are doing hip stuff, fam. Signing CEU players, fam. And Luton and Sheffield United, the team it's, hasn't changed. Just haven't spent, fam. Basically, Luton are allowing it. Luton, they weren't meant to get promoted, from. They surprised themselves. They were planning for 2025, 2026. So this is just a free 200 million there. They're coming to collect and go back to, to build the stadium, fam. Because the stadium that, that, that was meant to be bought by 2026, year hasn't been finished yet. It's called Power Court. 22,000-seater stadium on the edges of Luton. That's their plan, in it? So them coming up here was, was a surprise for them. They weren't meant to get promoted this early, fam. So for mm. them, I allow them. They have a plan. They have plans to come back and do better. So for mm. them, it's not an issue. But Sheffield United, you've been there before. They spent fuck off, fam. The team what is not the same, fam. Nothing. They barely improved on their squad. That's a championship squad right there. Burnley, they've had money here, but they spent it on hipster signings. Where's the Premier League experience? They're signing CEU players for, 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 for top dollar, fam. Helping City clean their books. That's why Southampton got relegated. Last season, so yeah, because they tried it, they tr- yeah, they did, they did the same technique and it didn't work. Like, look at Northern Forest, we may have lost them all the same 20 players here, but they helped them, they helped them. Your team with Premier League quality and stack it with mid table quality from other leagues. And if you, you will stay up, might not be comfortable stay up, but it sets you up for the following season to go again. And now, Northern Forest, yeah, you look at them, they're competitive, table. They're, com- they're a competitive team, they're and very- they're table. yeah. You look at them and they're thinking, yeah, mid table, comfy, don't be an issue for them. But these that came up, boy, looting or allowed, they surprised themselves. They're there to build for the future. So they'll have a better account of themselves when they come back down, when they go down and come back down in like two, three years. I expect better from them. Shuffle United are just broke. Burnley, squandering funds, fam. That's it. That's it, fam. And in terms of squandering funds, yeah, in touch on Chelsea, fam. Second worst team in the league in the calendar year, yeah. This, this is going to be the last topic, yeah. Yeah, that is crazy. A billion spent, mm. the second worst team in the mm. Premier League calendar year. It should outside never be of, that bad. Outside of the newly promoted year and the relegated guys, your Marcel getting bopped from 3 0. But yeah, I hope you put deep in this. Chelsea are the second worst team in the Premier League calendar year 2023, minus the guys that got promoted and the guys that got relegated last year. Everton is the only team that's slightly worse than them, from. even after today. Chelsea are not the worst team in the, in the calendar year because Everton won yesterday and Chelsea lost today. Uh, no, I, 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 no, Everton are three points behind Chelsea with a game in hand. So if, if yeah, so if Everton win the game in hand, Chelsea are the, will be the worst team in the Premier League in the calendar year. And for me, that's abysmal. This is the biggest fall off that we've seen of any big After team. After a billion ever. spent. And this is the biggest fall off by a mile. We talk about banter eras. This is like the worst banter era. Nothing comes close to this. This is crazy because I can't believe some Chelsea fans gas up this Bowley um, regime bro uh, fair enough in the latter years a very rich regime yeah the recruitment wasn't the best but let's look at the recruitment pre 2017 it was 22nd second season yeah, right by the recruitment decided to, decided to be for Gazi fam but before that year it was pretty right on 
Look at the players that signed pre-2017, bro. Real men. The real gunman. Costa. Matic. Fabregas. Okay. Hazard. Um, Rudiger. Even though he had a, he had a hard first season, but he turned out to be... You can, you can describe him as a Chelsea player. Yeah. Real man. Proper Chelsea. Yeah. Aspi. Courtois. Mikel. I remember going back. Anelka. Drogba. That's the standard of Chelsea fan. Abramovich's first 15 years or so. That's the standard. And I can't believe some Chelsea fans are happy with what Bowley is doing right now. They've deviated from that standard. And bro, I'm happy that you mentioned Abramovich because you can say like, okay, forget the Conte second season with the whole Bakayoko and Daddy Drake. Oh, yeah. That's what I said. The, the, the recruitment post-2017 is... is, is, is no, no, but the thing is, like even post-2017, I want to... That one for me is an isolated incident because I was just Conte, yeah. Conte being an absolute weirdo. But even the season where he bought the likes of Kai Havertz, Timo Werner... Yes, we can say in hindsight, those were poor signings. But at the time of when these players were being signed, they were signing players that actually had one or two seasons in the top five. Right, Havis had two seasons to, to reference from. Werner had three, four seasons to reference from. Ex ex exactly. So they, they, they actually had a body of work. You were like, when they signed these players, I don't want nobody here to lie. We weren't saying like, oh, these are crap signings. As a Liverpool fan, I wanted these two players. These were actually at the time decent signings. At this current point in time, Chelsea are just buying anyone and everyone that um what's called Cole Palmer that is the most random signing that they've that that they made there was no like I'm sorry there's no reason and I'm not saying Cole Palmer's a bad player Cole Palmer does not improve them Cole Palmer is not ready to go into a top six oh, well, like, Cole Palmer should be alone at Everton right now exactly his trade, becoming a man exactly this is what Chelsea are doing they're spending a lot of money on potential overpriced youngsters and they, when I say potential they're right they're overspending they do it basically. I remember when she says that five years ago, or oh, Arsenal should try and be Dortmund. Doesn't work no more because of the amount of money in the Premiership right now. You cannot get these players for cut price as a small team would. You're paying a premium for guys who haven't proved shit. Yeah, a billion on guys who have not proved nothing, fam. How crazy that is, fam. Bro, that billion, yeah. You could have built a team close to City, fam. Yeah. Out of all the players that they've signed, they've only signed three players that actually had a body of work. Sanchez, the keeper, Sterling, and Obama Young. And Obama Young was over the hill. Three players. And Enzo Fernandez only had six good months. Uh, in terms well, of... Here's his kick out. Bowley decided to buy Enzo based off that World Cup. That doesn't surprise me. That's the only reason like he would spend 110 million. He didn't spend 110 million based on what he was doing at Benfica because that wasn't worth 110 million. It wasn't even worth close to 110 million. Moses Caicedo, yes, he was decent, but bro, how many league games has he played? Just over 50? Just over less than 50? That doesn't warrant being the most expensive signing in Premier League history. Uh, Romeo, uh, Romeo uh, Lavia, they, they, didn't really, they didn't really need him. He only has one season in the Premier League. They, they went to go and buy him. They're buying all these players that haven't proved anything. And if you have players that haven't proved anything, playing in the toughest league in the world, what's happening is going to happen. And look, and there's a reason we're talking about Bowley. There's a reason we're talking about the, the signings. Don't worry. I'm not ignoring Poch. There'll be a time when I get onto Poch. Oh, yeah. But the but reason... The biggest I'm, issue right now is Bowley, fam. But the reason why I'm not getting onto Poch is what we're saying now, we said it with Potter. We said it with Tuchel before you got sacked. If the same thing is happening with different managers and there's one common denominator, you have to go, you have to refer back to the common denominator. You have to. Yeah, and Bowley, but I, I don't, I don't know. There should not be a choice fan out there gassing this bullshit. You Get can't, you, roots, you can't. You're the second worst team in the Premier League, bro. Like, when I saw second worst team, that relegation, 
going to the championship, play, play, Wait, no, playing 46 for, games a season. If it wasn't for Tuchel's first six, first six games, Chelsea would be playing championship football right now. I know. I know. That, I know. That, that, as, as you said, yeah, Arsenal fell off even harder because we deviated from our, our roots. PMP and tech. No, this is no, this is the biggest fall off. I know. Because Chelsea are deviating for what made them great. Real men came in, bored out thunder, by mentality, by fire, mentality, mentality monsters. First and foremost, it wasn't even about tech, making it look nice, was get three points by any means possible. That's your heritage. Mm. And Boliev coming, talking about he wants to scrub out what Abramovich did. Whether like it or not, yeah, Chelsea were a small club before Abramovich. Right? Therefore, the main, the fabric of this team here is in the fabric, is in Abramovich's image. Right? Yeah, but if you regret again, they need to, it needs to be molded in a brand which vision, bro. Whatever they like or not, fam. Bowley, yeah, arrogant little fat fuck, fam. What's a Chelsea fan? All I have to do, yeah, if you come in, friend, I'm going to do the whole thing, but just have a small streamlined operation than what Abramovich did. But deviating it to, to try to be a reborn version of Arsenal, fam. Look at how he he he, he tied to overpay for Moody because Arsenal in for him. Remember, they said they said, oh, we need a franchise player. And they decided to spend 100 more on a guy who's played 30 professional games. He's nowhere close to being a franchise player. Nowhere close. Hijacking players, hijacking signings here yeah, for teams here, yeah, whereby they want to sign the player because they have a, a plan in mind. And you're just signing them to get one over your rivals. And the fans were lapping us up. And they're still even, even up demanding more signings, you know? Of course. Of course they are. Now, and I think I'm talking about what this dumb. It's it's look it's 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 peak for Chelsea at the minute because I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel at this present. Also, also them them saying you oh we're gonna sell these guys for profit. What the fuck mm. do you mean profit? You sign over a price youngster for twenty five million. You think, you think you're getting profit? What these many games here for them to even be worth double what they were bought for, bro? Yeah, they need games under the belt, which are, which they're not getting, and they won't get with a squad filled with them. You you see you see what's happening with Malo Gusto. Yes, he was a prospect, but he was thrown into the deep end and he's drowning at the moment. And this is not because he's crap. I'm not going to say Malo Gusto is crap. I'm not going to say he's overhyped. But this is what happens when you get inexperienced youngsters and they get thrown in the deep end at the biggest league against top opposition. This is what happens. Also, all this retail therapy needs to stop at Chelsea. Now yeah, they're saying that they don't want to sign Tony. Because I also want Tony, Chelsea want to budge in and pay 60 more to get Tony from. What's Tony meant to do for this team? Tony won't do much. He won't do much because the spine of this team, which we've been screaming about for the past 18 months, hasn't been built. To be fair, I'll allow Sanchez. I'll allow Sanchez. I think he's an upgrade on both Kepa and Mendy. But in terms defense can be sorted out. I like what Pochettino is doing with having a stable defense. But mid, okay, yes, they spend a lot of money on the midfield, but I wouldn't yeah, say they, do, they, don't, yeah. they don't dominate games in midfield. And Tell me that the, the whole makeup of the midfield year. Is so inefficient, bro. Enzo Caicedo, Caicedo is a pivot player right now, fam. He's not a six. And even Caicedo and Gallagher, yeah. there's not, there's no final third threat. Now, also, also even mm-hmm. in the midfield three, Caicedo is not. You don't, you don't want Caicedo to be your six anyway. He's too small to be your six. So that makes the question: Why do you get Caicedo, fam? Especially once you get Enzo, you need someone who can just come in, and just have legs, and just sweep up. I'm assuming that they want that to be Lavia, and I'm not saying that he can't become that, but for him, that's not Lavia's game. <laughs> But for him to be your starting six and expect him to take it to the next level after only having one full season at 20 is a tough ask in my it's opinion. Not that, yeah. It's not really Lavia's game. Lavia is more of a deep-line playmaker mode in the mode of party, whereby it makes it look nice. He's good off the ball. 
But ultimately, you can't expect him to be doing the running of two players for him. He's not a rice. Like for a billion year, I don't have a. Do you, do you know why Rice is not at Chelsea right now? Because Bowley fucked up negotiations for him. He pissed off Rice's camp. And that's the reason why Rice is not at Chelsea right now. And for how they, they're building the midfield, Rice would have been, would have been a perfect forward for Enzo. And they could have they could have kept Mason Mount as well. Because that's the reason why Mount left as well. Yeah. They pissed off his camp too. Yeah. And midfield three of Mount, Enzo, and Rice would be a lot more team. efficient than what they have now. They complement each other. Mount, final third player, Enzo. Deep line playmaker, you can find players in between the lines, and you got rice, you can just eat everything, eat ground. That's what I have to do, fam. Establish for a billion pounds here, you aim for established players who can come in and do a job straight away. And Brody has squandered it on young players here who don't even have a body of work, fam. Like, young players nowadays are getting bought for big fees here, and they ain't done much. Yeah, that's 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 football nowadays. Like, Yes, Bowley has made that the problem a lot worse, but it's sad because that's football nowadays that we have a lot of young players who are going for a lot a uh, big fee, but they haven't done anything to warrant that big fee, and it's, it's just going to get worse. Are these players much better than players coming from Cobham? From that's that's I wanted to get onto that, but look look at the amount of defenders that they bought. They have Levi Colwell, they have Trevor Chalaba, but I don't think any of the defenders that they have are much better than these players. Maybe they might be. A little bit better, but I don't think they're much better. And they're yeah, the yeah, same. Yeah. Well. Look at Lewis Hall. Went to Newcastle because he saw that he has Cucurella in front of him, um, Chilwell sure. in front of him. Ian Madison has come, come back and he's better getting games either for him. <laughs> like, all Bull has to do was trust Cobham. For, basically, if we're, trust we're, Cobham we're, and we're, buy established players. Yeah, essentially. Let the young players come from the academy and you buy the guys who have played a, a bunch of games. twenty The range of 23 to 27. That's where the bulk of the money should be spent. Premier League established players or players who are established in the under league. Also, all that scouting year, they could have found something well and truly to compensate to the players that want to sign. But as I said, inefficient transfer policy for Chelsea, man. And we'll set them back five years. I'm not going to lie. It will. We we did our top six prediction. We didn't mention Chelsea, but to be honest, I don't know if they'll make top ten at this rate. But guys, their, their, their games, yeah, after international break is disgusting. Oh no, it's peak. It's peak. I can't the way they're playing now. I can't see them getting any points. And bro, if they don't get any points, then a relegation battle. That's scary. And you don't want to be doing relegation battle with young players, man. Because that only leads one way. Relegation. 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 But but on that note, it's been another episode of Views from the Box. Take care.